Road Trippin' fans, Homage t-shirts are as ferocious as the dunks or bangouts Richard and Channing throw down from time to time, and their softness can't even be matched. Homage has been turning back the clock with throwback tees for years. From the NBA to the Ultimate Warrior, you know, the tee LeBron wore on the plane after leading the Cavs to its first title the city had seen in over 50 years. Well, Homage tells the stories of triumph, individualism, and hustle, preserving the old school and creating new legacies. Go to homage.com, that's H-O-M-A-G-E, and pay homage with your favorite tee. Be sure to check out the NBA Jam tees and one exclusively made for me and you. And because who doesn't love themselves a nice, healthy discount, from now, get this, until the end of August, our exclusive Road Trip and NBA Jam tee is 25% off if you use promo code ROADTRIPPIN upon checkout. That's ROADTRIPPIN, not case sensitive, for 25% off. Hey, we're ROADTRIPPIN at homage.com. Welcome into another edition of Road Trip, and I'm your host, Allie Clifton, and I feel like I'm just like swapping places with Richard because back-to-back episodes, our co-host today is the beautiful Corinne Kaplan. Thank you. Oh, you called me beautiful. Well, you are. Thank you. Of course. Um, And I'm excited to have you because, well, you're Corinne, but uh, we'll get to it in a little bit. You are a huge MMA fan. I am. I mean, I don't, huge as, as <laughs> I think I'm a big fan. I listen to a lot of podcasts and I watch oh, a lot totally of Oh, you're totally a fan. Yeah. Big fan. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. So and I was like really like when Rich hit me yesterday and was like, do you want to? I was like, yes, yes. I'm all over this. Please. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And we got Rafa, of course, back on the soundboard. Rafa, how Finally. Been? How Finally. long has it been? Uh, too long. Long I time. I thought I was straight. <laughs> <laughs> too soon. <laughs> too soon. <laughs> Uh, but before we get to our guest, I want to give a shout out because we are, it is fight week mm-hmm. and we are here in Las Vegas and we are at one of our new official sponsors, Tonal Wine and More. And by and more, we've got quite the selection of spirits. Uh, they got tons of beer here as well. Over, I believe, 3,000 different options, microbrews um, and so forth. We'll get into that in a little bit as well. Uh, but I think right now, without any further ado, we should introduce... Our special guest, he is a legendary boxing cut man, Stitch Duran. Oh, I like the introduction. Thank you. Did you like that? <laughs> I like that. Huh? All right, let's do it. By the way, he, his birth name is Jacob, but nobody calls him Jacob. That's yeah. what I figured. Stitch. I saw that, but I was like. Yeah, you know, it's funny because people that I've known for many years, they ask me, what's your real name? You know, and it's like Rumpelstiltskin, right? Just never know. You got to figure it out. But uh, everybody knows me as Stitch. And as long as the guys that write out the checks. So who gave Make you the nickname, Stitch? Uh, you know, that came a long, long time ago, and Rafa was asking me how I got going in this game. And, you know, I have a great story because I grew up as a farm worker in the mm-hmm. Central Valley of California. And, and uh, when I was young, I joined the Air Force to get out of being a farm worker. And I got stationed in Thailand in 1974. And I saw my first Muay Thai fight there, and I kind of got addicted to it. So that following Monday, I started training, and, and I got out, and then I lived in Oakland. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me for the Cavaliers. <laughs> but uh, there I got into boxing and then I opened up my own school of kickboxing. So I trained fighters. I managed them. I promoted fights and I learned how to be a cut man. And uh, I was pretty good at what I did. So 21 years ago, I made the move to Las Vegas and here I am. 
talking to you guys. So, oh, well, thanks. <laughs> but wait, but who named you Stitch? Like you, oh, just, yeah, you can't do yourself anything. So anyway, yeah. so anyway, what happened is I was working one of the fights, and I was learning to be a cut man at that stage. Uh-huh. And, you know, then it was only boxing. That was a primary sport. And I asked this old veteran cut man, uh, I said, you know, I'm trying to be a cut man. Can you tell me what to do? And he basically says, you know, F you. I'm taking this to my grave, and you got to learn just like me. And I felt about this big. Right. Uh, but as I was learning, I worked with this one. I used to work with Dennis Alexia, who was a, a heavyweight champion in kickboxing, and one of his uh, sparring partners, David Rooney. Uh, he got a small cut, and knowing now what I know, it was a small cut, but I used to see these cut men uh, get little pieces of tape and make butterflies out of them. So I did that, and he says, hey, you save me some stitches, I'm going to – call you stitch ah, and uh so you know cool. till this day dave rooney is somewhere in alaska as a fisherman and i don't think he knows or maybe he does know what an impact he's had in in my career and he just has a scar from and you, he just right? has well hopefully not <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You did your job properly. Yeah, yeah that was a proper thing right so is this an exciting week for you do you love weeks like these uh, you know it's been a crazy we actually have been a crazy month you know at uh, just the whole leading up to this point, actually the last two months when, you know, and you got to give Conor McGregor the credit for really selling himself and making this fight happen because uh, nobody else would have done what he's done. Uh, but it's been crazy. You know, I was at the Mayweather gym. I go visit them all the time and, and just kind of hang out and, you know, let barbershop talk, like what we're doing here. Uh, but just to see the progression of what's been going on and so many of the fans go into the gym and, and they check out uh, what's going on. But all the interviews and everything that's been going on has been, uh, it's been a crazy week. It reminds me of the old Mike Tyson days when Mike used to mm-hmm. be in, Rafa, you were at those fights. The whole casino in Las Vegas was just a crazy place to be. Yeah. You, you mentioned McGregor right away, so let's get right to it. You were going to possibly be with him this wow. weekend. So, uh, the show <laughs> I heard. Yeah. I heard something. Yeah. I heard through the grapevine. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> well, we're going to change the name from road tripping to pull no punches, right? Yeah. yeah but but I'll, give you guys, I'll give you guys a little bit of the scoop. You know, I was, um, at the end of June, I was in New York uh, working a Bellator show, and uh, I walk in the dressing room, and John Cavanaugh, the trainer, Connor's trainer, is there, and, you know, we haven't seen each other in years when I used to work with the UFC. I know them both. So we gave each other big hugs, and he asked for my card and says he wanted to talk to me about uh, working with Connor. You know, and of course, you know, I was excited. So I went and did some work and came you back. You were like, about, nah, I'm busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me check my schedule, right? Yeah. And, uh, so I come back about 30 minutes later. I'm doing some work, and, and he's there, and he said, you know, I just finished talking to Connor, and he likes the idea. So uh, he said, you know, Connor's agents will get a hold of you, and, and they did. Mm-hmm. You know, so we spoke and uh, went through some details, sponsorships, and, you know, maybe a couple of tickets for my wife and my son. And, and then they asked, well, you know, what do you charge? And, uh, you know, in boxing, normally it's like a 2% base work off of that. And so well, I don't know because this is a horse of yeah. a different color. You know, the, <laughs> You're the, retiring on that too. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Give me 2%, I'll be happy as yeah. well, you know. So anyway, I sat down with my attorney. We sent him a proposal and uh, unfortunately they came back and said I was too expensive, uh, which I thought was a bunch of bull. Uh, really? Because, you know, what I offered them was definitely not as much as Connor is paying for that Lamborghini that he rented uh, <laughs> while he's in town. Would, he, would this have something to do with the color white? Well, I don't know. You guys, you know, you guys, I'll, like, I'll, I'll, let, you, I'll, I'll let you guys uh, answer that one. But, you know, I, 
my past history with Dana, and I don't know if you guys are familiar yeah, with it, is, uh, you know, they went into the Reebok deal. And, but, um, so you spoke out about it, but everyone did. That's why I didn't well, understand when I read about that. Like, everyone had something to say about that. Yeah, you know, the, at that point, the fighters and trainers, the fans were all – you know, talking negative about it, which was a negative thing because they're taking. Of you course, know, we were everyone make, was losing money. We were making so much money on sponsors. Uh-huh. I was making a lot more money on sponsors. But, but just to give everybody a little history on what you're talking about is before the Reebok deal, the fighters, the trainers, even you guys yes. had the ability to go and make a deal with Tap Out, which you had for your for your vest at yes. the corner, and then the guys had walkout T-shirts. They put banners behind with all the sponsors, the UFC cut all that out and sign a deal mm-hmm. with Reeboks. Now everybody wears Reebok gear. Yeah, they lost uh, – they, everybody they get, lost their sponsors. They get like cents on the dollar for the fight kits, right? They, they like do. You like know, if, if you have like one – you can have 20 fights walking into the UFC, but if you have one to five fights, you only get 2500 bucks, and and, uh, and it works up to that. But uh, with the cut, man, they literally took our sponsors away and didn't give us no compensation. And, you know, I try to sit down with them and – you know, try to negotiate something for the cut men, at least an increase in pay, and that never happened. So, you know, all that was going on, and, and uh, I got a call from John Nash from Bloody Elbow uh, to see if I was interested in doing an a interview regarding how it affected the cut men. Well, I kind of had a man up at that point, you know, because it was it had to happen. I couldn't have stayed there under those same conditions. It was great because the UFC got me to this point, uh, but I was very politically correct, and and maybe I think the the thing that hurt Dana was that I said, well, maybe I gotta concentrate a little bit more on boxing. And that article went viral and just yeah. kind of went crazy. And you know, f Dana, f UFC, f Reebok, and fans even till now are are still doing that. But so. they're super supportive of you. Oh, the fans! Like the fans uh, are big on your side. Oh, yeah. big, big, big time! You know, everywhere I go, somebody will stop and and say, you know what, I, I respect you for what you did and and all that. So anyway, the next day. Uh, I get a call from one of my friends, and we were all friends, right? And uh, I was part of the family, and I started there with the UFC. When Dana then bought the UFC, he brought me on board. And uh, his voice was cracking, and, you know, he says, Aww. he goes, Stitch, he goes, because of the interview you did about Reebok, the UFC's not going to use you no more. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of, you know, I didn't want to bust on him. So I said, all right, well, look, do me a favor. And you tell Dana, I said, he ain't got no balls that he should have called me personally since he's the one that brought me on board. So a couple of weeks later, you know, the dust was settling on social media. And uh, Karen Bryant asked Dana during a big Fox show uh, about Stitch. Is Stitch ever coming back? And Dana saying, no, Stitch will never be back. And then somewhere through his dialogue, I don't know why he threw it out, but he says, you know, Stitch and I were never friends. Yeah, so that it's all like mean-spirited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that went viral, you know. Yeah. And I'm just kind of sitting back and I think it's I love it, man. Retweet. Yeah. Retweet, you that, know. Did that so, hurt your heart? It, it, well, <laughs> That's a good question. It's like yeah, a breakup. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 it's like a breakup. It it, um, it did, you know, only yeah. for the sake that, you know, I had given so much to to the UFC and I've done so much for them. And really, I organized what the Cutmen do now, not only the UFC, but all these other organizations. You see them now, they, they have gloves, you know, they have their clothes ironed, their, their swabs instead of putting them in their mouth or in their ears. Like you see some of the boxing people. I kind of handled that, and uh, and I took care of a lot of fighters. I made a lot of money for a lot of fighters. And uh, so, you know, the question is, is they have to do anything with being white? I don't know. You know, you guys got to answer <laughs> that one. But to put it in perspective, your first UFC fight was 33, right? Yeah, it and was what, 30. What number are we on now? Yeah, yeah. Two? Yeah. I mean, you've been there. You were a staple in I was there forever. So to break up with you over a comment that pretty much everyone shared the same sentiment, right. they took money out of your pocket, is, yeah. I think, really heartless. 
It was, you know, it was, no doubt. Yeah, the first show was UFC 32 and I think, Atlantic City, and their first show in Vegas was at the MGM. That was 33, and that was my first show. And, and uh, from there on, I carried on till uh, I don't even know which one it was, but plenty, plenty, plenty of fights. And then I did all the reality shows for them, and, you know, I was kind of like the, the prime example of the cut man for the UFC, and, and I did so much for them, autograph sessions and, you know, taking pictures with everybody and all that. So uh, that just kind of went down down the drain but i got so many calls after that ali that you know <laughs> work, work was not a, a, not a, you know bellator i signed a, a nice three-year program with bellator and you know they said you know scott coker says great guy says stitch listen man get your sponsors back that's great if you have a boxing show because boxing pays a lot more than than one mma show you know take that boxing show uh but if we have a show give us that show and uh i've been doing that so can you take us inside the corner like for us I was talking to Rafa about this this morning. It seems like there would be so much pressure that that small amount of time that you have, if you have to do your work while the the athletes being talked to, coached, whatever it is, wh- what's that moment like? It's it's uh it's quite an adrenaline filled moment actually. You know the the whole event is you know sixty seconds. Well, well, it is. is you that know, what it and, is? And, like and, sixty seconds? Well, it's what it well is it sixty 90? seconds, sixty seconds, but really you have fifty. You have 50, you know, because from the time the bell rings, you got to get in there and, and, and you got to get as much work done. And then they'll give you a 10-second warning where you prepare to get out. So you're looking at 50 seconds, but uh, composure is a big thing. Mm-hmm. You know, people ask me what's the main thing of being a good cut man and, and keeping your composure is number one. And then having the proper tools to apply for each injury is extremely important. And all that comes from experience. So. What's the most gruesome injury that you've treated that they let, <laughs> let them keep fighting? Because I'm so curious as to, like, because that's part of your job, right? Like, the, the more, yeah. their, your ability to stop them from bleeding lets them continue to fight. So the better you are at your job, they're going to get to fight when they otherwise might have been pulled. So, like, what's the most extreme injury that you watch somebody go through and fight with? Well, you know, the, the last one that I did with uh, the UFC was Robbie Lawler when he fought Roy McDonald. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> you guys remember his lip was just literally split all the way to the top. <laughs> but people don't realize that he also had, like, a three-inch gash on top of his head. I kept him in the game. He ended up winning the fight. But uh, we were just talking about it the other day. Stefan Struve fought. I can't remember who he fought. But, you know, his lip was just shattered. I mean, it just it's, you figured a shark would have bit into it, just shredded. And the doctor's working on him. And uh, the doctor says, well, what do you think, Stitch? You know, I said, well, look, if you guys have a good plastic surgeon, he'll be fine. And it's funny because the truck was listening and they all started <laughs> laughing. But he went on and uh, he ended up winning the fight. You know, so there's been a lot of great stories like that that I've had and uh, just, I mean, tons of them, you know, and, and working with these guys one-on-one, uh, life doesn't get much better than were that. Were there guys that you knew you were going to be working overtime? Because, you know, they're bloody guys. <laughs> yeah. You know, I know that yeah. Arturo Gatti almost came into the ring already swollen. You know, they, they bled from the first round on. So. You have to have a tough stomach. Yeah, you do, you know, and, and you were asking about, you know, that fight. The bloodiest fight I ever worked was Jay Haran fought Jonathan Goulet. That was at, at the Hard Rock, and he took a uh, – Jay Haran took a knee on the forehead, oh. and that big and vein – That big vein that we have here, the cut was only maybe less than a half inch or maybe a half inch, but he busted that artery, and it just gushed out and gushed out, and these guys had blood from the top of the head to the bottom of their feet, Oof. front and back. And and I'm working on it, and I know the doctor says, uh, you know, Stitch, can you stop it? Oh, of course, I, sure I can. You know, that's <laughs> the answer is always yes. So you know, I, I mixed adrenaline chloride. Uh, adrenaline is what we use on the cuts, and that's a vessel constrictor. So I always mix that with Vaseline, and I put it on the cut. And as soon as I put it on the cut, 
it leaked right through there. So I said, oh, okay, we got an issue here. <laughs> you know? and, uh, but there was so much blood, Ellie, that uh, it just made me nauseated. Oh, and, yeah. uh, oh. you know, that smell of, of, yes, of yes. that nickel smell or metal smell, it made me nauseated. But that was the bloodiest fight. Not to be too graphic. I guess we're talking about blood anyways. But did you <laughs> That's what he does. <laughs> did you puke? No, 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 of course. You know, I got a little He's bit talking about composure. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't let her know I was dizzy. Could you imagine if I would have fainted? <laughs> and then you, you, you yeah. Yeah. I would have lost my job, man. <laughs> so, yeah. so you talked a little bit about some of that. Like, what are your, your tools? Because it's very rudimentary, right? Like, you have a few, like, anticoagulants, and then it's just some gauze and, and okay, an well. Hang on. I'm totally like Richard right now. I'm pulling oh. a Richard. These are some big words, correct? Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good. I, I, I love wow. that. <laughs> can you die? Can you? Sure. So to stop the bleeding. They're pharmaceuticals, right? Yeah. There's three, there's three medications that are authorized by the majority <laughs> of the athletic commissions. And let me educate you on that. Uh, the first one or the main one that we use is the adrenaline chloride one, 1000. You'll see the guys on the swabs. They'll put that on the cut and, what it does, it constricts the blood vessels. So it's like getting oh, okay. a, a garden hose. Sealant. Well, it doesn't seal. It just closes up the blood vessels. And then the other two, thrombin and avatine, are coagulants. And you put that on there and it clots up the blood. But we don't use those too often because once you hit them, that comes there. off and it takes the clot with it. Uh, so those are the main things. But, you know, the n you see the metal thing that we use, that's used for swelling. And uh, the thing when you create a swelling is you literally you bust the blood vessels underneath the tissue and that create swelling but you have blood that's accumulated so cold direct pressure on that uh will re- keep it from getting any bigger than it is in theory so corinne obviously the last 10 minutes is why i said you're a big mma fan because <laughs> i didn't want to oversell she, she's it she's stealing the show <laughs> i love that I love i'm like it. genuinely nervous to talk to him i'm so excited <laughs> that's so cool whereas if like you're best friends with richard yeah i don't know shit about basketball yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i really don't that is hilarious. um but what got you into mma Oh, um, good question. I got, I've always like followed Rogan and I started listening to his podcast. And the funny thing is I would listen to fight companion podcasts, but I never saw the fight. So I heard all the words. Like, that's why I know so much of the lingo. I know all the guys' names, but I wasn't actually, I don't have, I didn't have fight pass. I wasn't watching the fights along with him. And so, and then I got into Brendan Schaub and the fighter and the kid. And I just found that like, and I wanted to ask you that too. Like, how has the fan because it's obviously grown tremendously. And like, how has it changed and what will happen? Because I'm betting on McGregor, but like, what happens if he wins? Like, what happens to the sport? Like, Well, I, you know, that's, that's a great question, and I guess a lot of people haven't asked that because he's, such a, big, everyone thinks he's, he's, not he's such a big underdog. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I've always said, and I told Floyd himself, I said, look, you know, the first two rounds are dangerous for you because, number one, Connor is a grappler. That's what he specializes in, and his best f- position to fight is in close. And he has that knockout punch. So Floyd in those first two rounds is going to have to learn how to read him before he makes his adjustments and keeps him on the outside. So those are very dangerous. But if he wins that fight, uh, oh, my God, I think we'll never hear the end of it. You know? So, so just, for the yeah, sake yeah, yeah. Of, just for the sake of finishing up this whole event, uh, let's hope he doesn't win. But if he does, then great for him. Would Floyd be done? Well, I think he's done anyway. Well, I mean, he was you know, done. Think, he came out of retirement for yeah, this. I think he's done anyway. You know, this was, a, like say, Connor's the one that brought him. He fished him into, into this fight. Does he put a stain on his 50 and 0? Because the 50 is Conor McGregor, who never f- got in a ring before. Yeah, well, I, th- I think so. I think there should be an asterisk to that 50, you know, because it's should not. Should it even a, be for it's, a 50? It's not yeah. even a championship fight, you know, but nonetheless, uh, I don't think they care about championship fights, you know, at this point. They I haven't think, cared in a long I time. I think you, you're looking, I'm looking at your, your, uh, your uh, notes there, and, 
you know, Connor's supposed to make like $100 million and Floyd like $220 million, so I think they're all winning. And you wanted yeah. 2% of that? <laughs> yeah. How no, dare no, you? No, no, no. Not even that. <laughs> not even that. I, uh, like I say, it's, it, it was way, way a lot less than that. So one of the most interesting things I heard was that Mayweather, just to be a complete dick, was like, I'm going to go out every night. So he has a strip club, right? And so he's every night appearing at the strip club, including the night before the fight, because he's like, fuck you, everyone. Like, I'm going to win this no matter what. And I just don't want him to win for that reason, if nothing else. So what are your thoughts on, like, he's literally just been out all week, whereas McGregor's obviously taking this very seriously. Well, you know, Floyd is a horse of a different color. And like I say, in, in our game, we always say the only thing that counts is the truth. But Floyd don't drink. You know, he's not a big partier. He'll go and he'll train at 3, 4 o'clock in the he morning. He runs at 3 in the morning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, he probably so, so goes he, and trains he at somehow figured club. out. <laughs> and, 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 yeah, and he's done this, you know, but it's a nice way for him to promote his club yeah. and, and what have you not. And he goes roller skating with his, with his kids and all that, you know. So that's Floyd. He hasn't never changed that routine, so it's not like it's something new to him. Hmm. So. Uh, like I said at the beginning, we're here at Total Wine and More. It's the Total Wine and More Studios. Studios. Oh, yeah. Road trip. yeah of course. Yeah, you know. like Just made the best joining of us yeah. throughout the season as we go through our 41 trips, 41 games For on the road. So. We got the Total Wine and More Studios. Which I'm very studios. excited about. I just have to give a shout out because this is Dark Angel. Rock, <laughs> rock, <laughs> rock, Angel. like code for heroin. That sounds like, like uh, I'm about, to, I'm about to black out. Screaming Eagle. What is, what is screaming, it? Yeah, it's like Channing with Channing. Um, Screaming Eagle. Yeah, that's Josh Crunky. Yeah, Channing called it White Angel or something. Like Flying Angel. Flying or Angel like or something. Yeah, I'm pulling a Channing <laughs> right now. Um, but I also heard when we were doing our research that you are, you love your wine and your spirits and your. Uh, your drinks yes i do so you know and right now right, well right now i'm drinking a little bit of liquid ice you know kind of getting ice? a little manly with you guys but uh you know i'm, <laughs> I'm a low low-key kind of guy i'm you know my wife and i would drink some wine and and uh, we'll keep it going about that pace and and you know and it's funny because every time i do a show especially you go to europe you go to ireland you go to england or germany and they all drink right mm -hmm. and being that i do this like almost every week I'll walk in with a bottle of water because everybody wants to buy me a drink. And I'll tell them I don't drink, you know. And I do, but I drink at certain times, certain places with certain people. I can't hang with these Europeans, man. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> do you have a, a fighter that you like to party with? Like, who drinks with you? Like, who can get down? I, well, I no, I don't. I, <laughs> no, I, you know, and, and I think we were talking about it with, you know, some of the people. You know, after the fights, especially here in Vegas, I go home. You know, this is my job, and you go you know, home. Yeah, what? With, yeah. I'm well, you know, when when, when I moved to Las <laughs> Vegas, the home <laughs> yeah, when I moved to Las Vegas, I said, you know, two things I won't do: I won't go party a lot, and I won't gamble because I I'm taking this job serious. It's a slippery slope, man. And it's a slippery slope, and you know, I don't want to get caught into it. But I can hang with the big boys, no doubt about it. You know, it uh, it's just that I got to pick my time and place. Yeah. So, Corinne, you're drinking a yes. Uh, I would love to give a shout out because the total wine, the and more. I'm drinking the and more. So yes. I have a <laughs> <laughs> and more. Yeah. yeah, I have Avion tequila, but it's the is the Reposado, right? It's the forty four. Oh, it's signed by whom? Well, <laughs> Avion tequila is doing a promotion. There's only a hundred and fifty bottles that were specially made, etched with Floyd Mayweather in the bottle. Oh, we're gonna post we're gonna post some of the pictures in a, in our in a Instagram account. And he came to this store where we are right now on six eight eight five South Las Vegas Boulevard mm -hmm. and signed them. Oh damn! Yeah. Well, I it's only 150 or 149 because Road Trippin is getting one. And <laughs> we still haven't decided who's going to take it. I, I mean, I'm. I, it's not delicious. Richard and Channing because no, no. They, they gotta God love them. <laughs> it's a participation trophy. Somebody that participates <laughs> gets it. Yeah, it's delicious. I, it's very, very good. It tastes much more like, uh, like a whiskey than it does a tequila, which is right up my alley. Um, I also told, um, 
stitch Rafa this morning that I got into boxing, kind of <laughs> my kind of boxing. Uh, there's this place called Title Boxing in Cleveland, and so I decided that I would, you know, try it out. So I have my own wraps, and mm-hmm. I got like six pairs of them. And Rafa's like, "Oh, Stitch said he'd wrap your hands," and I was like, "Oh, I can wrap my own." She thinks it's the same way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He has an instructional DVD just on how to wrap hands. <laughs> Trusting he can wrap them better. And, and you see, I almost choked on that one. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you looked at me like, who is this chick? Yeah. Well, it, it, actually, yeah, those are the training wraps, right? And uh, But, uh, you know, which I do sometimes. I, I think mean, that's I, what Connor wants to hire for Saturday, for Ali to wrap the hair. Yeah, She's yeah, cheaper, though. Oh, uh, please yeah, do. Yeah, cheaper, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, the wraps that I do a lot of times, and, you know, for people like you, and, I mean, I've done it to just, God, Native American chiefs. I've done it to two-star generals. I've done it to actors. And, you know, I'll wrap their hands like a fighter, and it'll make them feel – you'll understand what these fighters go through. And, like Forrest Griffith said – uh, one time with a UFC fighter, he says, God, I finished wrapping his hands. He goes, they feel so good, I could punch my mother. You know? <laughs> so, so, you know, when you wrap a fighter's hands, especially right when they're getting ready for battle, that's the first step of them going into combat, you know. And I always tell them I'm like the old gladiator days where we're in the dungeon and I'm putting the armor on them, and uh, that's when I'm putting the wraps on. But many times their confidence level just yeah. pops up at that time. And, you know, they'll give me a hug, give me a kiss, and tell me they love me. Really? You know, so it's uh, – these guys are macho men, but – you know, whenever you get that kind of compliment, you know, it's a very sincere compliment. How long does it take you to wrap a hand? Seven minutes. So, oh, yeah. I, I definitely don't do it right. It took me like 60 yeah. seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Did oh, you bring your wraps with you? I forgot them. Ah, let's see. Yeah. I, so you to do it. I want you to do, like, the real. Oh, yeah. We could this? do that. Okay. Of course. Okay, cool. There's a, there's a difference between wrapping for MMA and boxing, right? There's a subtle difference because the gloves are different. So well, do you have a pr- – and I know I always – I wanted to ask you a couple other questions, like – I know that sometimes you wrap both of them, right? Yes. And so there's you have to be very neutral all the time. So you can't have your feelings involved. So I guess you can't party with them because then no. you might like one better. Wait, you wrap the opponent too sometimes. Really? Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, in, in MMA. They, in MMA. Yeah. yeah. In, in MMA. Boxing. Yeah. Not in boxing. That wouldn't that one work too yeah, good. In MMA, the, 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 the promoters will hire the cut men, which, which Dana, you know, I got to give him credit for that because that was his first really good step in, in making – MMA better. They implemented like 33, 34 rules, but they brought in professional cutmen because MMA was such a new sport that uh, the trainers didn't know how to wrap. You know, the cutmen, they, they were non-existent. So we came in and, and we helped them, but yeah, there's often, I'll, I'll wrap both their hands and, and you're right, I got to keep it very mm-hmm. neutral. But uh, when it comes to boxing and MMA, the wraps are the same, uh, at least on the technique, but we don't put as much padding on the knuckles because MMA, their four-ounce gloves, were opposed to boxing, their eight or ten. And so this match with McGregor, didn't Mayweather say, like, whatever, like, I'll bend the rules. So they're using... They're using eight, yeah, you know, by, by the rules and regulations, if you're 154 pounds and above, you Can wear ten-ounce gloves. But somehow, the macho, it, it, he got so, I think Floyd got sold into it again. Yeah. Uh, then they agreed to eight-ounce gloves. But I was looking at one of the wraps that Connor has, and he has a big old bulge uh, of padding. And sometimes too much padding is bad is not enough. So those eight ounce gloves ended up being like ten. Is yeah. it okay? Easy is a I think the wrong word, but for Connor to to box yes. versus box to UFC. Oh, what's the? You know what I'm saying? Mayweather could not do UFC. Period. Right? Mayweather so wouldn't last ten seconds. <laughs> no, <laughs> in really, the, in a UFC fight. But I feel like that's what they're saying about Connor and. Or is it against Floyd? No, no. You or know, I? Uh, I, I think the way you're asking the question, yeah, Connor is coming into territory that he's yeah. not very familiar with. He is 
And he's people. fighting the best. Yeah, yeah, he is fighting, you know, hitting people. But in MMA, you could drop somebody and you could just pounce on them and continue to fight. In boxing, you drop somebody, you got to step back because the fighter has to take that standing eight count. So that's the difference right there. Uh, so, you know, if he doesn't figure it out in the first two rounds, then it's going to be a long night Problem. for him. Really? Yeah. I can see him punching and missing a lot Saturday night. Yeah, Floyd is a master when it comes to defense. And, you know, I mean – I've seen Floyd many, many times in the gym, and he just—he's a natural. It's not like he has to be taught. Uh, he's just so natural at what he does, and which is why he's you know, in the strip club. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> you know, and then people are asking this two-two-year layoff—is it going to affect him? And and I don't think so. I think you know, you got to keep in mind these fighters have been doing this all their year, all their life, and it's a twelve. It's muscle memory. It's, it's a yeah. Well, it's a twelve-month sport, so it's not like basketball where it's seasonal or football. These guys do it year-round, year after year after year. So those two years probably did him a lot more good than did harm. If you remember Muhammad Ali, when he went to prison, he spent three years in prison, and he came back and won the world title again. So sometimes fighters need that time off. Uh, back to the raps real quick, because I meant to ask you this, because we talked about this at breakfast. Did you ever have a, a rap job that didn't get approved? No, never. Never? No. That has happened, correct? Oh, yeah, it's happened with so many guys. You know, and that's uh, – yeah, it's happened with so many guys that just don't know how to rap. What about, you and I have talked about it many times, but just for our road tripping fans, the Antonio Margarito and Miguel Angel Cotto fight on 2008, I think it yeah. was the first one, when at the end of the fight it was discovered that Margarito had a foreign substance in his raps oh. that really caused all the damage on Miguel Angel Cotto. And my question has always been, and I was trying to explain to Ali, that I never believe when Margarito said that he didn't know that there was something foreign in his rap. I've seen you rap many fighters before yes. fights, and I know how, much, how closely they looked, and, you know, because they got to lift the fingers and move the thumb. Do you believe that Margarito didn't know, and were you able to believe even now that somebody was able to put that much damage? In? Yeah. I mean, it was like risking Cotto's life. Yeah, exactly, and that's why you have inspectors, but no, I don't believe it because – there's a procedure we all have in, in wrapping the fighters, especially during a championship fight. My job before the fighter even comes in is I have the gauze and tape laid out, the tape, the, the strips. I have everything already laid out. So what happened with Margarito, uh, as his coach was saying, is he's wrapping his hands and he reaches into his bag and pulls out the padding that goes there. Well, that's not what we do. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, everything should already be laid out. So those were already designed and developed. Uh, for Margarito to do some kind of damage. And he did. He did some did some damage. And if you remember Louis Resto, mm -hmm. uh, when he fought uh, Billy Collins, I think, years ago, uh, Panama Lewis took – they used to have – the gloves used to be horsehair. So they cut a little strip uh, behind the glove, and they pulled all that horsehair out. And every time he punched it this kid, Billy the, Collins, the it destroyed his face. And he was telling his father, because I feel like I'm getting hit with bricks. So at the end of the fight, the father goes and shakes his hand, and he feels that there's no padding. So anyway, Panama, wow, that's Panama, a good story. Panama Lewis and Louis Resto ended up going to prison. Banned for life, no? Yeah, wow. yeah, banned for life and went to prison. So I got a question: Why is there no cut woman? I feel like maybe well, there this are. Is, I, well, there's one, I right? Swayze. Like Corinne, uh, well. you should start it. <laughs> 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 I need to know. I actually need dollar signs. I need to know exactly. Yeah. <laughs> You're like a Connor. Yeah, like. <laughs> Now I'm going to step down from my current income when I have to take or step up. <laughs> you know, and it's funny you, you bring that up because uh, 
Yeah, you know, Swayze's, Swayze's one the only one have, I've heard of, you, right? You have, uh, you know, other girls that uh, are Joey Gamache's uh, uh, sister. She's a great cut woman. She's probably the best of all the women. And uh, But, you know, you, everybody wants to be a cut man. They see what I've done, and, and people always ask me, what's it take to be a cut man? And here's what I tell them. you got to spend hours and days and weeks and months and years in the gym learning how to be a fighter and working with the fighters and – like you go into title boxing, you understand the game. And then you learn how to wrap hands and you learn how to work corners. So it's a progression. And so many people just want to push that button and go straight to the top. And that's not the way it's done. So you had to go to like, you never had to go to no. med school or <laughs> cut man yeah. school. You no. have to be licensed <laughs> though, right? Yeah, you do you have to be licensed, but anybody could be licensed. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's <laughs> it's a like thing a real estate about, license. You know, no, that's, that's the thing about boxing is this is really, well, combat sports. It's the only sports, A-level sports where you don't have to be certified. Like or in anything. Baxter, you got the trainers are certified. You don't have to be certified. All you need to do is go put $50 down, fill out an application, and you're a professional cut man or a professional trainer. Now, from there, somebody hiring you to do the corner is another right. story. <laughs> you take yeah. out an ad in Craigslist, right? That's how it works? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah that, not yet. But maybe I'll try that, though. Huh? <laughs> do you have a favorite uh, fight in your God, You know, I, I tell you what. The last fight that I worked with Vladimir Klitschko, which was the heavyweight champion of the world from the, the Kiev, Ukraine, uh, I worked with both his brothers, both Vladimir and Vitaly, and they were both heavyweight champions. Well, Vladimir's last fight was in London two, three months ago, and uh, oh my God, a, that's it, the it one was in front of ninety thousand people at Wembley Stadium. So he fought a oh, young, wow. young stallion uh, named uh, Anthony Joshua, and it was a Rocky Balboa type of event. It was insane. I mean, to hear 90,000 Brits yelling is like 150,000 somebody else. And it was such an epic fight that, um, you know, Vladimir got knocked out in the 11th round. Uh, but it was such a remarkable fight because, you know, I did the Rocky Balboa movie and I did the Creed movie. And my son said it best. He says, Dad, the respect that they give Vladimir was like in the Creed movie when, when he was in a great fight in Liverpool, uh, England. And he lost, but the people cheered him on. That's what they did in in uh, uh, in London. And the same thing with Balboa when he did his last final fight. He's mm -hmm. waving to the audience, and the people cheered him on. Well, Vladimir, I spoke to him a couple weeks after the fight, and he said, you know, Stitch, of all the fights that I've had and all the respect I've gotten, I've never received that type of respect like I did that night. And, uh, and that was a pretty special moment for That's me. Awesome. What a way to end his career. That's so. very sweet. I noticed you didn't drop the Kevin James movie. Were you uh, lost okay. on that? Hey, that wasn't that, as serious? I don't no, understand. I'll tell you what. It's, uh, you know, I've been like in six movies, and I'm not even an actor. You know, <laughs> I was just going to say. No, now you're you an are. Actor too. No, no, no. The, the, now you are. You've been in six movies. You get to say you're an yeah, actor. I, yeah, so the first one I did was with Woody Harrelson and Antonio Banderas. It was called Play It to the Bone, and, and uh, it was here in Las Vegas. And, and then I did Ocean's Eleven when Vladimir Klitschko fought Lennox Lewis when the lights go out and they yeah. rob the bank. So it was, that was my first time that I really got to hook up with the Klitschko's and I was with them ever since and then uh, I did Balboa but then I was doing a UFC Frank, uh, fight here in Las Vegas and Frank Karachi the director of uh, Here Comes the Boom uh, with Kevin James mm -hmm. uh, says hey man Kevin wants you to be in a movie so I said I'm in so you know so I get the script and I don't have no lines 
and I know to have lines you get residuals, right? So I'm He's so, a guy, man. So, so yeah, I'm a hustler. Yeah. You know, of Where's my paper? So so I'm thinking throughout this whole time, I gotta say something, I gotta say something. But when it's time for me to do my scene with Kevin James, he pulls me aside and such a great guy, man. He says, Kevin uh, Stitch, we gotta have you say something. So I'm playing the dumb part, right? I said, Well, here's what I tell the fighters is welcome to the UFC. Ah, oh, I love it. I love it. My million dollar line, right? But he didn't know when they call me in. Uh, I'm working on him, and his line is, oh, Stitch, I'm a big fan of yours. I can't believe you're working on me. Oh, what a week I'm having. So I'm working on him. And then I, at the end, I decide to ad-lib and slap him like I do fighters. And I say, so I'm working on him, and I say, well, welcome to the UFC. And I slap him while I walk out, and he, everybody started laughing. And he's, oh, man, so he's like, Are you still getting the checks? I, I, I'm getting the checks, brother. <laughs> so, so that was my million-dollar line. <laughs> but what a great, great movie, man. And people ought to check it out. It's a fun money. Fun movie. Pull out it to the list. So you, yeah. you have a son. Is he a cut man or no, a fighter? You know, or? I, I, have, I have two sons and, and two kids, uh, two daughters, and they all train because I had my own school of kickboxing, and they're all very good at that. But no, it's, uh, you know, he, um, and I told everybody, like I told them, you, you have to be dedicated and you have to put your time in. And, uh, you know, to make that sacrifice, it takes a special person. Where yeah. is your kickboxing? School? It was in Fairfield, California. Okay. Yeah, and um, so it was or it is. It was. Yeah, I gave that. I closed that okay. up when I moved to Las Vegas. You know, I'll show you how crazy I am. I, you know, <laughs> you're talking about Total Wines. I used to work for a manufacturing company, and and liquor stores used to be some of my accounts. Uh, so. I got a job transferred to Las Vegas, and I took like a $25,000 year cut in pay. I used to live in Oakland, right? And and in doing that. We forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry I would leave Oakland yeah. for the 25 grand, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are a Warriors fan? Yeah, yeah, right. uh, are you a Warriors fan? <laughs> well, I, no, I'm a Cavalier fan, of right. course, man. Yeah, 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 of course, man. Yeah. So, That's a good answer. Yeah, so, so I made the move over here, and, and uh, here I am. You know, just making the best out of it. And, uh, but, but you don't have, like, an apprentice or somebody? Like, I feel like, don't you want to pass this gift on to somebody? I, I, I have trained people, and, and there are guys that, you know, I'll guide through the way. But, like I tell them, it's, you have to open. I could, I could get you plan A to plan B, but you have to open, open up your own doors, you know. And, uh, and like I say, it takes that extra work to go out there and do what you do. It so. sounds like you guys could use like a union, like with your Dana White issues. You could be the union head. <laughs> Why don't you yeah. guys unionize? Yeah, well, is it, there it, some kind of? There's not, you know, and and that's a good question, and that's it's a good point because you know every major sport has a union or an association, yeah. Yeah. and I think these guys need one. And and uh, when the UFC first let me go, uh, I had some guys, John Fitch and Vandalay Silva, and a bunch of guys who were trying to get an association. So they invited me to go to the ABC convention, the Association of Boxing Commissions, and and they, you know, lobbied there for for an association. Uh, but you know, that's something that fighters have to get involved in, and and they seem to be a little on the timid side. I don't know why, you know, but maybe a little intimidation. Pardon yeah. my ignorance with this, but I've always wondered it. The the sport of fighting, like to see how that all comes about and is, I, I just think when I watch, like what I'm about to watch on Saturday, how dangerous it is. Oh yeah. Why is it, like why, I'm like, why do they want to do that? You know, can you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, and, and it's, what is that's, it? that's a good question. You know, <clears throat> I asked Mike Tyson, I did interviewed Mike Tyson years ago and uh, I said, Mike, Every fighter has that one little thing that nobody has. I don't care who the, but that one little thing, and what is that one little thing? And he says, take the pain. You have to learn to take the pain. Yeah. And I broke it down. I said, you know, that's such a true statement because 
it's a yearly thing. Number one, they do it year after year, month after month, and all that. And it's a game of hurt. Whether you're in the gym, you know, sparring, the the exercises, the drying out, the diet, losing all that weight, getting in there and getting your head banged up. Uh, it's it's a tough, tough sport. And they do it because you know I, I walk into Mayweather's gym and I just sit there and you know kind of shoot the shit with everybody and I'm looking at these guys and everybody has the dream to do one thing and that's to become a world champion Mm -hmm. but as you look at it not everybody's going to have that opportunity and you know like say years ago when I put this little documentary together called Boxer's Nightmare I sent out a bunch of surveys and a majority of these fighters that go into a fight go in with some type of injury so it's, it's it's a hurt game but they have those dreams of becoming a world champion okay so obviously you've seen Floyd train yes correct yeah plenty of times how would you describe it Oh, it's unbelievable. You know, just his, his training regiment. Because, uh, you know, I used to train boxers also and kickboxers, and, and, and I've seen his training, and it's very, very uh, so natural for him. Yeah. And he loves doing what he does. And, you know, he'll, he'll go beyond the call of, of a 12-round training session, you know. And he just he has so much energy. Dave McMenamin, a uh, guest of the podcast not too long ago, um, I just saw he put out – um, that someone close to that of LeBron right now describes LeBron's training as obsessed. You know, he's obsessed. And I think Bron put out on Instagram and social media yesterday just how much he is obsessed with the game and in terms of the lifestyle of it all. Is that how Floyd is with – is it an obsession? Yeah, it is. You know, there's, there's a passion to what you have to do. you got to love what you do. Right. right. And I think LeBron and, and Floyd are probably, you know, on the same field when it comes to being the best of the best. And yeah, I don't think they want to lose that little edge that they have. So they keep that going. They keep that going. They keep, you know, keep the armor on, keep the tires, you know, polished up with armor on, you know. And uh, I think that's the way they both are. They're very different when it comes from outside of their, like off the court, off yeah. the ring. They're very different. Oh, yeah, LeBron, yeah. <laughs> LeBron takes care of himself. And he, yeah. He, the bo- boxers tend to gain weight, you know. Yeah. Maybe not much Floyd. Like let's say Floyd fights at 147, he'll walk around 170, and then when it comes oh, time really? to go practice, yeah. they'll drop the weight. In this type of fight, he had the advantage that he doesn't have to spend any time losing weight because they're fighting at 147, and he's not gonna he's not gonna have a problem making it. So they're very different between the two obsessed at their at their thing at their craft. Yeah. Of the off the field. And How off, long off does it rate. take to go from 170 to 147? <laughs> <laughs> you know, As a woman. Asking for a friend. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for those guys? Uh, <laughs> well, you know, and, and it's different because in boxing, you know, yeah, you break yourself down. Roberto Duran used to get oh my to God. Like 200 yeah. pounds, man. 200, he, would just, yeah. he would just be rotund, right? And, and then so you do it through training and through diet. Uh, but MMA guys are so much different because it's – I was in Japan with Frank Trigg, and in one day he lost 18 pounds. And he's in the sauna. He has yeah. the sweats on. And right, they're doing uh, the spinning bike in the they sauna. They often, Ali, a lot of them don't make weight. Like, that's not uh, uncommon, right? Like, well, in the well, MMA, it happens. It, it, it happens, you know. <laughs> if and, you don't but, but a lot of them do, you know. And, and that's the thing about it is, you know, they'll – but a lot of them come with a wrestling background, and they've been accustomed to losing all this weight. chicken you laugh. Know? Yeah, and, and you get a, a boxer that if he has to lose five pounds in the one week – you know, they start freaking out, you know, mm-hmm. so there's a pattern to. But that has to weight. do a lot with the training, too, because. Of course. The, if you have a good trainer, all you have to do is make weight for those two seconds yeah. when you jump yeah. on the scale. So, oh, really? So they need to time the weight loss. Yeah. So by the time, like tomorrow, Friday is the weighing. Yeah. Connor is probably still a pound and a half or two above his weight. Yeah. And then tomorrow morning he'll get up, he'll do a little sauna, and he'll drop the whatever liquid he has left, and mm-hmm. then. 
he'll make their weight and then they refu- re- replenish right away. Yeah, and I was I was kind of reading an article today where Floyd is kind of objecting to the way Connor caught his IV. You know, because a lot of guys will lose weight and then they'll intravenously hydrate themselves, uh, which is you know the way you know a lot of these guys are doing it. So you know, I guess what Floyd was saying is he's doing too many of them. You know, so he's kind of taking advantage of the situation. And doesn't Floyd have something in his contract where he can at any point be like, nope, you did something like McGregor, like if he steps out of line in any of the... Well, he can I, punch, he, he, can, can, he can kick him, or he can elbow or anything. No, I mean like training-wise, like if he decided like that was like really important to him, the too many IVs, like he can actually contractually get like be like no no that's not fair i'm not fighting you now right That'll he has the power to do that right? yeah but it's not gonna happen million. yeah, yeah no, it's, it's, not, it's, yeah. it's not gonna happen and and the thing about it is you know connor training with his own team and Floyd's with his own team and there's not a whole lot of interaction Im- yeah interaction being passed around from one to the other how real are those face-offs that yeah, we that's see? A, such a good question <laughs> i always feel hype? like it's so it seems like acting i'm like but, you're about to step inside together face off really like go at it tomorrow yeah but like, yet you're doing it right now, and you're not even touching. Like what? It, it's, is that real? <laughs> yeah, some of it is. You know, some of it is kind of hyped up. up yeah. uh, I would expect this one, not really knowing, but just on the way the situation has been set up, is that they will keep them apart, and I don't think there'll be a face-off. Oh, really? I don't think they. You know, if you That's see the a face, boom! I can see <laughs> Conor McGregor. Totally I can see Conor McGregor coming in with a little headbutt. Will or they have a Wayne, a boxing Wayne, or a UFC Wayne? What do you mean? You know, because they're very different. UFC gets one, one, the fighter and one man from the team yeah, it's, up in the stage. It, Boxing is a hundred oh, people yeah. on the it, stage, and it takes so long for them to get on the scale. You know, with the UFC, it's wide open. They get on the scale, make weight, wait for the other guy to come in, make weight, next fight. That's, in that's, boxing, is totally different. Boxing is Mayweather is going to come in with a hundred people behind him. That's a good question, and I think, you know uh, – if the Nevada State Athletic Commission was smart in doing that, they would only minimize it to one the head one coach and and the fighter. You know, because you start getting these guys and everybody's macho. Yeah, you know, it's a except show. For, yeah, yeah, then then you might have some kind of uh some kind of a little you know, pre fight activities uh up on the stage. You'll be in attendance tomorrow? At the weigh ins? Yeah, no. Or I'm sorry, Saturday? No, no. You're I not going? No, I'm not going. You're, just You're gonna, not paying are you going to watch it? Yeah, well, I'm not going to pay to watch it. I'll, I'll watch it somewhere. You know, I'm not going to pay to watch Who's it. Who's having a party that they want to Yeah, yeah I, I think my daughter Who's just invited me Who's having a party that you can house. bring your spirits and your wines and yeah. your yeah, yeah, total I should. wine? Yeah, I should be able to. Uh, yeah, but I'll watch it somewhere. And, you know, I think I was talking to the, one of the guys that brought the food in that, uh, uh, you know, it's going to be like Super Bowl Sunday, man, where nobody's going to be on the streets. You know, it's the biggest. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was in China like three weeks ago and, People are asking me there. I had little grandmas that are talking to me about it. <laughs> Everybody's talking about it that aren't even really fight fans. You know, it's just that big of a that big of an event. And just for everybody listening, not only in Vegas but all mm-hmm. over the country, Tora Wine and More is the place where you can go and get everything you need for your viewing party. And oh, I found definitely. out they have something really cool. I wish I wish I wish I known before. You can go to torawine.com, order online from all the eight thousand wine and. So many beers they 3, have here. 3,000 beers, beers and spirits, spirits and everything else. You can order online, and then they have a, a express one-hour pickup. And you can just come in and pick up your stuff an hour later. So you don't have to come in and look. They'll do all the shopping for you, and then you just come and so go home. And just show me the money. Do the party. You know? <laughs> yeah. And invite Stitch because he doesn't have anywhere to go <laughs> watch yeah, it. Yeah. I know. I came close, but no cigars, right? <laughs> 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 they've got cigars oh, they got too. Cigars too. Oh, yeah, oh, here we go. go. That's right. 
If I call Connor right now, you're taking 0.5, half a percentage, you'll do it? Forgot, I don't know. <laughs> call him. Yeah. I'll give you half a percentage of what I, do, what I get. <laughs> okay, I'll give you 10% of what I get. <laughs> well, as the resident and maybe only Jew that ever does this podcast, I love the idea that I can compare and contrast prices online and pick it out rather than standing in the aisle going, wait, this one's on sale, but this one isn't. Like, If I oh can do that God, online I... and then have it picked up, I'm so into that. I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. Wow, and that's the crazy thing with, <laughs> with what's going on now. Is you could order here and somebody could fill it up for you, and all you got to do it's is gonna just It's going to get to a point where we're not going to have to do anything. Right. Delivery and the whole work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My mom yeah. and I are staying in a hotel that has a bar called Robot Tipsy where the robot, I guess, does all the – we still haven't seen anyone use it, but the robot mixes and serves your drink. You order it on an iPad, and then robot arms do all the work. It's a little trippy. Oh, my gosh. Can I come today? <laughs> yeah, totally. I have some spare time. I will totally do that. <laughs> That'd be worth just buying a drink or I just know. to have them do it. I know. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. Um, so the Creed 2. Yes. You were going to be in? Well, I hope so. You, you hope know, so, yeah. I, uh, I, you know, just on what I've been reading and, uh, you know, Ryan Coogler, the young director that did uh, Fruitvale Station from Oakland, by the way. And uh, how many times can we mention Oakland? <laughs> well, I, yeah, hey, you know what? You guys want to fight? I got I got some guys on tape. You know, so let's get I'll it on. I'll rap. But uh, yeah, th- he's the one that brought me in, and uh, he was training in Oakland uh, with Andre Ward. And you know, he asked about a cut man. He said, oh, "You got to bring Stitch in." Uh, but he wrote and directed the last one, and Stallone now is writing this one because uh, Ryan Coogler is filming Black Panther. And once that's done, then they'll co-work uh, together. Uh, so I'm hoping to get the call. And like I was telling Rafa's, you know, in our Rocky series, they've always had the same team. Uh, so, you know, if Padman and myself and, and Malik uh, were still the same team with Adonis, uh, I think the chances are pretty good. Um, do you have um, a favorite? You've been in how many movies? Six? Yeah. Do you, like, are you a good actor? <laughs> no, he plays himself. I just play myself. It's easy when you play yourself. He does yourself. his job. That he I'm done like a thousand fights, so I just do what I do there. Do you have a favorite? Okay, so do you consider it like a role that you play? I play myself. <laughs> I mean, it's all the same every movie. Yeah, pretty though? much. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I was, uh, <laughs> in fact, I was telling Ryan Coogler. I said, you know what? I'm tired of being typecast as a. <laughs> <That's cop laughs> like, I want to be a fighter. Listen, I, yeah. I, I've been watching Narcos, right? I, do, I could be a drug dealer. Yeah, totally. I, I could be a t- politician. <laughs> I'd drugs from you. I could be a cop. You know, I could be one of those. But God, you know, but I'll be a cop man anytime. Well, so you're so, also yeah. an author, or you had somebody. And no, no, I've I've written a couple books. Two, two. Yes, I came out with my second book. Oh, uh, we're all. I Christmas, I feel like yeah. such a slouch. Like, you do. I ain't written a book. I ain't been in a movie. Like, yeah. <laughs> this guy does everything. It's crazy. You know, I'm not scared to jump on anything, man. And uh, But it, it just happened. You know, there was a time when Matt Hughes and Forrest Griffith and Chuck Liddell were writing books. And, and their authors, a couple authors got a hold of me and took my wife and I out to dinner. And nothing ever happened. You know, and I'm the kind of guy, if you want to do it, let's do it. Like, let's Jack called me. I went to New York, you know, and uh, we did it, right? Uh, but... I got a call from this uh, author in Germany, Zach Robinson, that says, here's what I do. And I was going to be in Germany two weeks later anyway, working with Vladimir Klitschko. And uh, so I met up with him. We spent three days together. And, you know, baseball was my game and baseball was his game. And he's a country boy. I'm a country boy. We shook hands. <gasps> and country boy? We shook hands and wrote the first book. It's called uh, From the Fields to the Garden. Because growing up as a farm worker, those were the fields, yep. and my goal was to make it to Madison Square Garden. And the lofty I've been, goal. I've, I've been there many times now. Whose fight know. do you do there? Uh, what's that? Well, the, you know, the first one I went to, it was funny because 
I was working with at Johnny the Tapia. Or in the garden? No, no, at the garden. At the yeah, forum. forum. That was been the there many times. Felt forum was what the. But nothing like Madison Square yeah. Garden, brother. But the first time I went to New York, uh, Johnny Tapia was going to be fighting. But the main event was Evander Holyfield with Henry Akiwande. Uh-huh. So I get there on Wednesday and find out that Henry Akiwande tested positive for hepatitis B. So they canceled the whole car. Oh. And uh, so my wife and I are walking around New York, and we're by the Copacabana. And the guys recognize me, and they invite me in. So I get to check out some Copacabana. And, but the first real fight I did was Vladimir Klitschko uh, when he fought there. Remember the middleweight tournament that they did with Tito Trinidad, Bernard Hopkins, and Joppy, and it was it was canceled because of the September 11 attack. Yes. Were you working? Were you working on that card? No, sure wasn't. Because no. that took over. That took place. It was supposed to take take place the Saturday after September yeah. 11, and then they cannot. Everything went mm. dead for like a month. Mm-hmm. And yep. But that was at Madison Square Garden, which is a great place to watch anything. You you love Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Right? And it's yeah. funny when, when I – It's everything everyone says. When, when I did my first fight there, we're staying at the Penn Station right uh-huh. across – well, the hotel right across from the garden. And, I'm sorry. And, and I get there like 2 o'clock in the morning, right? Well, I got there, but I East Coast time, West Coast time, I'm up at 2 in the morning. I'm scanning through the channels, and I see the movie Play It to the Bone. And I see the part where Antonio Banderas is telling uh, uh, Sizemore – I didn't take a dive at the garden, and I'm looking at the garden. I think, oh, geez, this is a pretty good sign. <laughs> <laughs> Here I am. You know, so good things have happened to me. I've been and what's the second book? Oh, the second book is a continuation of the first one. It's come mm-hmm. from the fields to the garden, too. And that and was the name of the second, because I feel like this is a really <laughs> funny name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, the people had always asked me about the you know, USC Reebok deal and, and so many other great stories that I've had going into that. You know, I, I always go visit the troops, uh, so I had – done an 11-day trip to Afghanistan and uh, with some of the UFC fighters. And, you know, I co-host a radio show, MMA Junkie Radio. And so we went there. We had bodyguards 24-7, and we had the vest and the helmets, and, and these guys were with us. And we got to fly in Blackhawks to these little fobs where the special forces are at and the commandos. And, and uh, so I really got to see these guys uh, doing what they do, and that's protecting us. And just to get into their mindset, and, you know, one guy from Croatia, uh, I – talk to him and he wants to take pictures and and he says you know yeah let's take a picture so it's me and the other two guys and and he tells the other two guys listen no offense to you guys i want to take a picture with stitch and he has his arm around me he goes i'm not a fighter i'm a killer and i'm thinking to myself oh shit seriously there was another guy from poland that we're having lunch and and everybody has their weapons i mean it's a battle zone right and he says you know stitch i studied brazilian jiu-jitsu and that gave me the common effect to accept death. And as I hear these bullets coming at me, I say, you know what? If I'm going, I'm taking you with me. You know, so to see that kind of mentality uh, was was quite uh, eye-opening for me. So the book name. Tell them the second book name. It, it's from the fields to the garden too. Oh, it is. Yes, yes. I yes. thought there was. I heard something else. Like I was listening to you on MMA Junkie. Maybe they were kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, it was yeah. Like, Anything you can break or bite, I'll put it in your face. Yeah, like yeah, no, no. And I'm like, what a great name. Anything you hear from gorgeous George. Is <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think we were kidding around. Where uh, it was going to be called Stitch and I were never friends. Oh, that's you know? a good one. And, uh, <laughs> so, but I forget, uh, no. and on that note, I don't think we've got your your actual. Twitter, Instagram. Yes. Do you have social media? <laughs> I do. Yeah. Do you? Oh, yeah. yeah, you do. I, I promoted do. you today. Yeah, yeah. What is it? Shout it it's, out. It's uh, at uh, Stitch Duran and hashtag Stitch Duran. So, uh, you know, that's what I do. I, I guess I have to get more on social media. I have this young no, you lady. Don't. No, you don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, no. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's a pain. Yeah, you know, but 
but it's fun, you know, and I think, you know, what I do, I just, you know, people want to hear stories, and i got stories to tell. Hey, so. hey, we like it. Yeah. And that's exactly what our platform is all about at Road Trippin'. Nobody tells our stories better than us. Yeah. And Who wins Saturday? I was just going to ask that. That was, yeah. Oh, uh, man, I get tired of asking that question. But you know what? For since us. I, since <laughs> I do, you don't have to put money on it. No, no, no. Since I do do a radio show every once in a while, let me reverse that and let me ask you guys. Now, Rafa, you give me the opinion. I'll tell you who I want to win. That's a different which story. Which is Conor McGregor. Okay. Who I think will win is probably Mayweather. But I think that, in, and you know this, in combat sports, anything can happen. Absolutely. And that's why you, can only, you can't come up there with just one plan because one punch can change everything. And I think, especially knowing Floyd, and I know he's going to try to disrespect Conor up there, I hope that Conor takes that chance. And surprises everybody. Well, I think there's a but, strong point. Yeah, I mean, let me add. You know, thing about Connor, you don't want to estimate. No more, he's Irish, and I, I always told Connor and his coach, you guys are like the Mexicans of Europe. You know, you guys come to fight, and they do fight. You know, uh, so that Connor's going to come in with it. You know, he's going to go out on his shield. He'll make it entertaining. Even if it goes down, he's going to go down swinging. He just has such heart, and like, there's no substitute for that. And no. I feel like some of the ways that I know that. It's all like an act or whatever, but Floyd is, call, you know, phoning it in. I don't like that. Like, I like that McGregor's taking it so seriously, and I love that he has the heart of a champion, and I really want to see him win, but I'm realistic. I know that it's going to take, like, something pretty major for that to happen, but, I mean, there's a 10-year age gap. Like, I'm hoping that some of those things will really come into play and in the two-year retirement, some of the other stuff, but I'm still betting on McGregor. I, I couldn't bet against him. It's the shot's so. going to be heard around the world if that happens. My money's on my Allie? record. He I'm, pays. I'm torn. I don't know much about fighting, and, and I haven't followed it a whole lot. But what I actually can bring to the table in this sense is, as a competitor, I play college basketball as well. And um, I love the beat the odds story, but I also love consistency. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm kind of torn by it. 49 um, I know is consistent. You know, I'm just one that I, I like to see something. This is what I don't want. Okay, this sounds crazy. <laughs> I don't want a knockout. I want intense. I want it where you're, as a viewer, on the edge of your seat, what's going to happen. That's what I want. Tra- financially, they want this to go many, many rounds, I'm sure. Yeah. So. <laughs> so hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> I love Mike Tyson has one of the best quotes ever. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Yeah. And that is like legitimately what we're about to see, right? So. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think you know that's a strong point right there. And you know, I've always said that the hype is going to be way bigger than the fight. Mm-hmm. You know, I think going into, you know, if it goes into the five, six, seven, eight, It'll nine be boring, rounds, I think, then, if it goes then, 12 rounds. Yeah, I, I was at the Julio Cesar Chavez Canelo fight, and Oof. it was such a boring fight. I left in the 11th round before the fans started going out because they were all pissed. Well, you're not even going. So. I'm not even going, so I don't have to worry about that. Yeah. So, but so, nonetheless. All right, it's up to you. Who do you got? All right, well, I, I don't pick them. Per se, as to who's going to win, because we're all armchair quarterbacks. Yep. But I will give you my analogy as a cut man and what I expect. Cause I always, that's the way I always look at fights is I always prepare for the worst-case scenario. And the way I look at it is that if it goes past five rounds, then I think Connor is going to need a good cut man because Floyd will pepper him from the outside. And Connor gets cut, you know, so that's no doubt about it. You know, some guys are, are you know, like you were talking about Arturo Gatti. Uh, some guys get cut, and, and he does get cut, and he does swell up. Uh, Floyd, not so much. He'll get swelled up a little bit. Uh, but I think, you know, if it does go into the eight, nine rounds, then I think Floyd might stop him on, uh, on just a, taking a beating. There you have it. Stitch, we appreciate your time. Yeah, you. this was so cool. Was Thank so you. Awesome. <laughs> Barbershop talk. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you know, every time 
I'll tell the guys that come in, they visit the Mayweather gym. I said, you know, I told my wife I was going to go get milk, but I've been gone for like three hours. <laughs> that's what we're doing here. So I appreciate you guys having me here. Uh, it was great working with you guys. I know Richard and Channing are, are uh, bummed that they couldn't be here. It's kind of that training season for them. Sure. It's counting down the days before training camp starts. So um, shout out to them, of course. Uh, but also we want to thank Total Wine and more for their hospitality. Uh, they'll be with us all season long, so you'll definitely get different flavors and stuff that we will be um, enjoying as we podcast. And uh, this is, again, Rock Angel. That is correct. Which the reason why I brought it up to kind of bring it full circle is because Whispering Angel is something that we have obviously drink quite a lot, which they have here um, on Road Trippin'. But nonetheless, it's at Total Wine and More. We want to thank them for Corinne Kaplan, Rafa, myself, and, of course, our wonderful guest, Stitch. Thank you. That is another mission. Hey, Road Tripin fans, I'm working with a t-shirt company that you may have seen around, Amage. They're the ones that are responsible for LeBron's ultimate warrior shirt and many of the college designs you see on tees. As they pay homage to great moments in sports and inspiring stories, go check out their NBA Jam tees at homage.com. You're sure to be inspired and will get a kick out of their special design of Richard and Channing. Get them while they're still in stock at homage.com. And better yet, from now until the end of August, receive our exclusive Road Trippin' NBA Jam tee 25% off when using promo code ROADTRIPPIN'. That's 25% off when using code ROADTRIPPIN', not case sensitive, through the end of the month. Get them while they're hot at homage.com.